next question. This is high-level competitive stuff here. Hey, somebody has run out on the field. Now he takes off the shirt. Saturday morning, you are now in the zone on the fan. Dave Sinekin, Trent Tucker, talking all things NBA. And as we sit here on the 21st day of July, we are exactly one week away from the inaugural practice for Trent's favorite. NFL football team, the Minnesota Vikings, will practice one week from today. We have Next question. This is high-level competitive stuff. We have managed the abyss, and uh, football will be back a week from today. We can't wait for what I think we all believe will be a stirring NFC North race. Yes! But first things first, let's welcome in my partner, the professor of hoopology, Double T, Trent Tucker is in the house. Good morning. Good morning, Davey. I think your attention may uh, leave us for a while today as you uh, you can run the ship, tune right? in to the uh, the British Open. I'll keep an eye on it. The, Tiger's um, one under. Is he? Yeah. Oh, he was even last I checked. Yeah. He's a, coming. A birdie. Yeah, on the fourth hole, I think it is. And here's Phil for birdie. Phil just knocked in a birdie as well. He had a lovely... Second shot to about six feet. The uh, leaders will not tee off until 10 o'clock. So we won't see uh, the leaders today. And your your guy, former gopher Eric Van Royen, who's two back, will tee off at 9.30. He's paired with Cooch. That's a good pairing for him, I would think. Cooch, okay. Cooch seems like the perfect guy to play with. Even keeled, you know, friendly... Everyone cheers for Cooch, even across the pond. Uh, your your guy, former Gopher captain, Eric Van Royen, just two back. And uh, we'll at least uh, let you know the first couple holes before we are done. I'm sure Common Man will also keep you updated during Tee to Green from 10 to noon today. Uh, so we'll, we'll keep up on the British, but we got some NBA stuff to chat about. The uh, long-rumored exodus from Kawhi Leonard from San Antonio happened this week, Trent. The deal sent it to Toronto, which was one of the few teams that seemed to make sense because the Raptors are in that position where they let Dwayne Casey go. Best record in the East, but they faltered in the playoffs again. Felt like they had to do something. And uh, they make the big move and send DeMar DeRozan down to San Antonio along with uh, young center Jakob Pertl. Danny Green joins Kawhi up in Toronto. And it was one of those trades, Trent, where both players were extremely upset and, un- <laughs> and unhappy about uh, the change. And, you know, you'd think from DeRozan's standpoint, <clears throat> from afar, you'd say, well, man, you're going to San Antonio. You're playing for Pop. But this is a guy who really embraced Toronto and became a real hero and, and fan favorite. So very difficult for him to make the move. My sense is once he's down there and playing for Pop, he'll be okay. Kawhi's a different story, and he's made it clear he has no intention, as of now, of re-signing with Toronto. 
Um, what were your thoughts from Toronto's standpoint, Trent, to bring Kawhi up there, break up their team, and roll the dice that they can get him to fall in love with the city, the team, the idea of being in, a, in an East that's more wide open than the West? Um, from Toronto's standpoint, what did you think of the deal? I don't know if Toronto is in a panic stage or not. When you let Dwayne Casey go after 59 wins, I, I understand that no one wants to get swept you know, by a certain player in a certain team or get uh, or find themselves on the losing end mm-hmm. to a certain player or for a certain team for, for multiple years. But I thought that was a knee-jerk reaction you know, by Toronto, and this trade seems to me to be the same way. Um, if Kawhi Leonard decides to leave after next season, what do you have? A lot of cap space. But it's hard to get players to go to Toronto as it is. And all of a sudden now you've taken a, a very good basketball team that can contend in the Eastern Conference year in and year out now to a team that may not be able to contend at all. I hear what you're saying, but I do understand it from Toronto's side. They There was something missing with that unit. That, yeah. DeRozan struggled in the postseason. Yeah, LeBron James. Well, yeah, maybe, but, but DeRozan – Absolutely disappeared in the playoffs. Almost year after year, it seemed like he wasn't the same guy. They lost to LeBron James every single year. They didn't lose to anybody else. LeBron James now has 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 left the Eastern Conference and gone to the West. I was very surprised to see uh, San Antonio be able to pull off this deal. It's a really really good deal for the San Antonio Spurs. All right, you think so? Um, for sure. I mean, if if you have to if you have to uh, move Kawhi Leonard. Philadelphia to me, I didn't, I didn't see a good deal coming from Philadelphia if you weren't going to give up two of their best players. Boston decided that they weren't going to give up some of their young best talent as well. The only other team that I never thought about that would make sense for the San Antonio Spurs became the, the, the Toronto Raptors because they gave up an all-star type player. He's young enough. He's what, 27, 28, maybe 29. And he has three years on his deal left. So if you're San Antonio now with LaMarcus Aldridge also in your camp for the next three years, you have a chance to, to build this team, keep them in the playoff hunt, and if you can add another piece here or there, you might be able to contend before this thing is all over. They, in getting DeRozan, they get a, a terrific offensive player when it comes to the mid-range game. He can't shoot threes. Um, he and Aldridge were two of the biggest value mid-range shooters in the NBA last year. So there is some question about how can they coexist. They, they kind of, granted, they play different positions, obviously, but they, they don't have that deep game. So where do the threes come from? Plus they jettisoned Danny Green in the deal. So you, eh, they brought in Bellinelli. They brought in other shooters. But um, I'll be curious to see how much better this makes them. I mean, you could say, you look at the Spurs last year, as you know, they, they only had Kawhi for nine games. So basically they upgraded from Danny Green to DeMar DeRozan. And that in itself should tell you, well, they should be better. This, right? is, very, this is a very good deal for the San Antonio Spurs. And, and Pirtle's pretty good, too. And I've heard many people say, well, they don't shoot three-point shots. How many great three-point shooting teams are there in the NBA? Two. There you go. Houston and, San, Houston and Golden State. Yep. The Spurs, the, 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 the Spurs last year for most of the season, you know, they were the number three team in the Western Conference. That's right. You know, they had that late fall you know, toward the end of the season where they had to fight to get themselves back into the playoff hunt. Uh, you know, don't buy into that. You know, that's just a lot of talk. The San Antonio Spurs 
to me, you know, by making this deal, this was a really good deal for them at this time. Very different looking team now without Kawhi, without Tony Parker. Um, I would think from Popovich's standpoint, he's like, look, we were going to lose this guy in a year anyway. It's that one of those deals where the Wolves might be in the same boat yeah. with Jimmy Butler. What can you get? And just like what OKC did with Carmelo, we'll talk about that. They were going to get rid of Carmelo. At least they got something for him. The Raptors get or the uh, Spurs get up, you know, perennial All Star player. Yeah, but you know he won't be an All Star anymore. I hope he enjoyed the, his weekends at All Star Weekend. Those days are done. Why not? Name 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 four or five two guards in the league right now that's better than uh, DeRozan. Well, they don't just say we'll take two point guards, two two guards. They'll take the best guards. I mean, I mean, but he, he but I mean, he has All Star talent. Yes, he does. Okay. But in the West, it's pretty loaded, right? I mean, where? Well, Clay Thompson, Jimmy Butler, right off the bat. He, he, he believe me, DeRozan's just as good as they are. I'll take Butler over DeRozan. I, he's just as good as they are. He doesn't play defense. We don't know that. I've watched we, him for a number of years. He's not a defensive player. Why? Now, why would you say he's not a defensive player? I don't think he's that good. I don't think he's a shutdown guy. How many shutdown guys are there? There aren't that many, but Jimmy Butler's one. That's why Where? I like him better as an overall player. Is this like somebody said the other day? I think it was uh, your guy from Chicago. Who's my guy from Chicago? You know, the guy that went from Milwaukee to Chicago. Jabari? Yeah. What did he say the other day? Oh, I saw that. <laughs> what did he say the other yeah, day? Yeah, what did he say? How many just... shutdown guys out there? Yeah, well, the defense doesn't matter in the NBA, I still right? get 20 or 30 points against uh-huh. shutdown guys. Uh-huh. You know, De- DeRozan is, is just as good as any two guards in the league today. You, wow. you, you You can't tell me that there are guys in the league right now at the two-guard position are head and shoulders better than him. Maybe not head and shoulders, but if you ask me, do you want Clay on your team? Do you want Butler on your team? Do you want DeRozan? You put he comes the, in third for me. You put DeRozan in, San, in Golden State. And you put Clay Thompson in, in Toronto. Is Golden State going to miss a beat? No, probably not. No, there you go. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> but you put Clay in Toronto, and maybe he is a better, a bigger star than DeRozan was in be. Toronto. He may not be. See, when you look at Golden State's basketball team, Golden State basketball team, based on the definition of a great athlete, they don't have those players in Golden State. Golden State is a team that is not filled of great athletes. Now, they have great basketball players who fit into a system very well, but when we talk about great athletes, we talk about guys well, they like, have two Hall of Famers. like Russell Westbrook. Yeah, You talk about basketball players. Just because you're a great athlete doesn't make you a Hall of Famer. Understood. Okay, so, so when, you look at, when you look at how Golden State is constructed, they got very good basketball players in the system fit for those guys there. You take some of those guys out of that system, they may not be as good as they are. Who? Maybe Draymond. But Curry, Durant, and Clay Thompson are put, put all-time in, great players. Put put Clay Thompson in Sacramento. Okay. Granted, he may not be quite as productive. He's a different basketball player. Maybe. Yes. But you can't say that about Curry and Durant. You put you put Curry in Sacramento. He might be a no, no. he might still score, but Sacramento wouldn't win fifty five games. Well, maybe not. There you go. They might not make the playoffs. That's possible. Okay. That doesn't, that doesn't uh, diminish what kind of great player Curry would be, where, be wherever he is. Well, I mean, he may but, not win as many games. Okay, but you define we we define greatness by production on the floor in terms of winning, right? Yes. Okay. There you go. So when you look at Demar Derozan and 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 you look at the, the the his ability, there are many two guys in the game today that are, that are head and shoulders better than him. I. 
Name? No, your head and shoulders is a right. big expression. I'm just saying there are. You said okay. Give me five. To, give me five shooting guards in, in, in the game. All right, will you give me the break to think about it? All right, let's do that. You supposed to have it in your head already, dude. I, I <laughs> my brain doesn't work quite that well. <clears throat> uh, more on this trade and what it means for the Lakers next season if Kawhi uh, is intending on signing with them. We'll talk about the impact uh, that that would have and uh, what this might mean for the East this year if Kawhi is healthy. Toronto or Boston? Who uh, who's got the better team? I'll get Trent's thoughts I on take that. Toronto. Well, I'm sorry. I thought you was giving it to me right. This away. is called a tease. Oh, this is you know we got two hours here, man. It's oh, gonna be a bit. It we goes got, fast, you know. We got to kind of spread things out. We'll oh, okay. uh, we'll talk about <laughs> how uh, the fabric of the East has changed with uh, Kawhi Leonard's appearance. We'll talk about uh, Bielitsa's, um total change of heart, Carmelo's future. Um, a potential Laker death lineup, uh, Jabari Parker and Marcus Smart signings, lots of NBA stuff to get to for us today. We'll talk a little football as well, and we welcome your input as always. 651-989-5326, toll-free, 800-320-5326. Just getting started in the zone. You're in the zone with Dave Sinekin and Trent Tucker on The Fan. conversations with uh, Kawhi, with his agent, with his uncle, um, and everything has gone gone well. I look forward to meeting with them face to face, and um, it's that's that's our responsibility, you know, is to is to figure it out. And he didn't express a um, uh, a lack of interest to not play in Canada to me. We are back. That was the voice of Raptors president Masai Ujiri talking about his conversations with Kawhi Leonard. He also expressed uh, an apology to DeRozan for the way things went down. DeRozan complaining that he was promised during the summer league that he would not be moved. And that, uh, of course, did not happen. It's the nature of the game, man. The way the ball bounces, right? It's about it. You know, it's a big boys league. It is. You uh, you asked me last segment, but you said DeMar DeRozan's as good as any shooting guard in the league. Which, hey, some people like pineapple, some people like cantaloupe. You know, it's it's what you like. But give me James Harden, Jimmy Butler, Clay Thompson, for sure. If I had to right now said you want DeMar DeRozan or Devin Booker for the next five years, I would take Devin Booker. I think his ceiling is higher. And then you got Bradley Beal and C.J. McCollum. Okay, maybe DeRozan's better than those two, but I don't think it's a lights out, give me DeRozan over McCollum. I would think hard about that. So my point is, he's to me, he's the fourth, fifth, sixth best off guard in the league. Okay. For me. For you. He's not on top. For you, okay. he's the greatest off guard since... In the history of the game. Right? Since Jordan. <laughs> no. Since Kobe. No, it's a very good deal for San Antonio Spurs. I mean, you get an all-star guy who's 28, 29 years of age. He's, he has three years left on his contract. Y'all, We all know that he's a point producer, and, and at this stage of the game, you need guys who can put their ball in the basket. And for the San Antonio Spurs to give up Kawhi Leonard to get something in return, I felt like for them, this was a very, very good pickup for them. And don't sleep on Jakob Pertl. It's fun to say the name, 
and he's a really talented young big man, and he'll fit right in with what Pop likes to do. Who needs uh-huh. a a guy alongside Lamarcus Aldridge? And I mean, if, if you look at if you look at the San Antonio Spurs run when they were, you know, the elite team in the Western Conference, or one of the elite teams in the Western Conference, you know, they have never been known to be a big three point shooting team. But they pick up Bellinelli. You still have Patty Mills, so you have some guys who can stretch the defense with long range shooting. But throughout the you know the the career of a Coach Pop, he has always stressed half court basketball execution, moving the ball well from strong side to weak side, setting good screens, you know, to set up guys, you know, to get good looks at the basket. And when it comes down to playoff basketball, when the game slows down, at some point in time, the ball has to go inside. With this move, you know, we talked last week about where the Wolves could be in those very stacked West next season, what teams might be ready to drop down, and the Spurs were kind of a candidate. What's the deal with Kawhi? Will he play? Will they trade him? What will they get? Will they just get a bunch of youth and start over? Maybe the Spurs are one of those teams to fall out of the top eight. Well, so much for that, right? I mean, the Spurs (laughs) will project to 45 to 50 wins, I would think, with DeRozan. Stepping in for Leonard, right? Well, like it won forty-seven games last year, you know, without their best player. Mm-hmm. Now you, 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 like you said before, you, you add DeRozan and you take away Danny Green. Now you, you bring in an All-Star type player. If you can win forty-seven basketball games without Kawhi Leonard, I think the Spurs are close to a fifty-win team this year. Before we get to uh, the phone lines, Trent, um, your guy Nemanja Bjelica, who signed a one-year deal with Philly. Okay. Then decided, nope, going to go back to Europe, family concerns, I'll go play in Europe. And then fellow countryman, fellow Serbian, Vlade Divac gets into his ear and says, let's chat. And as of last night, Belly is now a Sacramento King. Really? Three years, $20.5 million. Three years. And, and, okay, three years. And the reports are, that's what he wanted was a little security for his family to know right. he's going to be somewhere. Okay, the third year <laughs> is wrong with that. right. The third year is not guaranteed, but uh, significantly more money that he would have gotten in Philly for a year. Uh, did the math? That's almost seven million a year. And Belly lands in Sacramento along with another guy who did the same thing, basically Yogi Ferrell, my guy, Your former guy. Hoosier, right? Went back to Dallas. Undrafted, you know, has made a nice little career as a backup guard in Dallas. Making $2 million a year is not a bad two point, Yeah, I think it was 2.6 or 2 point, that was two, he signed a two-year, $5.3 million deal with Dallas. Only one year is guaranteed. But only one year was guaranteed. He said, you know what, Vlade called me, and so I'm, I'm going to just step away from this deal. Thanks, but no thanks. And now he has signed a two-year, $6.2 million deal with the Kings. So suddenly Vlade is just like poaching guys. You sure you want to sign that? You sure? Because we got money over here. Hey, Sacramento, very aggressive this week. Well, you know, they, they, they're trying to find the best players they can to see if they can somehow, some way, you know, move this franchise in the right direction. Hasn't been going in the right direction mm-hmm. for a number of years now since the, the days of the great Chris Webber and, and, and that crew. Yeah, but that's uh, those are two nice little moves. Sacramento trying to... You know, not just have all the youth and all the, you know, they seem to have three rookies on every team. Now they add some veterans. And uh, just uh, two guys that you thought were going somewhere else end up in Sacramento. To the zone line we go. Let's welcome our friend John in Minneapolis. See what he has on his mind this morning. Good morning, John. Good morning, Mr. Senegan. Good morning, Mr. Tucker. What's up, John? Uh, Happy NBA flip-flop day to you, Mr. Tucker. All right. Now, to the reason why I say flip-flop, 
uh, next summer is going to be the calling card of uh, Kawhi Leonard and Kevin Durant. Now, I w- I'm going to put out two line- starting lineups for the Lakers and the Warriors basing on if the Warriors win the championship next season. Now, think about this. For the Lakers starting, and this is just speculation, Mrs. Zinnigan, uh, starting for the Lakers, Rondo, Stevenson, LeBron, here comes the flip-flop, Kevin Durant, and JaVale McGee. Now, this is basically on what the uh, Warriors winning next season. Now, for the Warriors, you have Curry and Thompson at the two, one and the two. Here come the flip-flop, Kwahi Leonard, uh, and, and Draymond Green at the four, and Boogie Cousins at the five. Now, that right there, would the Warriors not only contend and win again, or would the Lakers be number two and actually dethrone the Warriors? Just something to think about, Mr. Senegan. I'm going to set something up for next uh, Saturday at the end uh, about <laughs> your Packers, and you're going to hate me for it. Y'all have a nice morning. All right, leave me hanging for a week. I don't know how I'm going to get through the next seven days waiting for that. But um, his scenario is not going to happen. Kawhi is not going to Golden State. Kawhi wants to be a Laker or a Clipper. He wants to go to L.A. Everyone assumes that means he's going to join LeBron, and the Lakers will have the money to sign him. So I, I think what he is saying is unlikely, but let's lay it out the way he said. Durant to the Lake, to the Lakers, Kawhi to the Warriors, and that was the main change I mean, to me, it's still Golden State. Easily, if Kawhi replaces Durant, that doesn't lessen the Warriors' chances at all, does it? It doesn't lessen their chance, but it but it increases the opportunity for the Lakers to win. Sure, if you, if Durant were to join LeBron. Yeah. I mean, if, if you put a healthy Kawhi Leonard with LeBron James today, the guy that we saw a year and a half ago before he got hurt in the, in the first game against the Golden State Warriors in the Western Conference Finals, if you put that play with LeBron James right now with the Lakers team, they contend for a championship. Well, so the speculation is that's what we will see a year from now. And yeah. if Golden State loses Clay next year, he'll be a free agent. That's a where's Clay going to go? Well, according to you, he's going to be a completely forgotten human wherever he goes if he leaves that system. Where's he going to go? I mean, I, think about. Well, it. a lot of teams are going to have money unless, unless he goes to play with LeBron James. Unless he goes to the Lakers. Well, no, they're, they're, I don't think so because he's going to. Command a max salary, and they're not going to be able to bring in two max guys. Well, the best place for Clay Thompson to stay, if he can, is Golden State. Is Golden State. It's a it's a perfect system for him. He's going to make a lot of money. He's going to have a chance to win a championship. Now, Clay Thompson is, is one, perhaps one of the greatest shoes in the history of the game. Put him in Philly, but but also you wouldn't be bad in Philadelphia. Be great maybe. in Philadelphia. Yeah, would be bad in Philadelphia. I don't think he'd be a forgotten man in Philly. Well, you know, if he, as long as uh, they don't they don't double team him and make uh, what's the name shoot. Ben Simmons. <laughs> or Markel Fultz. Yeah, they, they need some shooting. But, I mean, he has to go to a system or a, or a situation that's going to be right for his game. You just can't put Clay Thompson anywhere and expect him to be the same player that he is today. Because he just can't go to a bad, bad team. Clay Thompson is, is a wonderful basketball player. He's a wonderful shooter. But also what makes his game what it is today is that he's playing with some other good players as well. No doubt. That, that, that's going to weigh into what he decides. <clears throat> You know, if he leaves Golden State next year with three or four rings on his fingers and said, all right, I'm going to go somewhere else and try to build something with me being the centerpiece. But can't Golden State pay him as well? I mean, can't they pay him the most money of anybody else? Oh, they could. I don't I don't know how the numbers all work out. So, I, see, well, I mean, why, why wouldn't Golden State want to? I mean, if you have a chance to, well, they keep to, him. to, to build a dynasty, I mean, just 
you know, and Golden State is on the verge of building a dynasty, and it seems like that every player wants to go there when they have a chance to become a free agent. Look at Kevin Durant. I mean, he left a good situation in Oklahoma City saying, we're not going to be able to win here, so let me go, let me go join the best team in the best franchise in the NBA, right? I mean, I had to call, I could get Michael a call. I said, Mike, what you guys doing with Clint, man? <laughs> you know, he's, he's got the perfect scenario, got the perfect situation for him for the rest of his career. I mean, and if that team can pay him the most money and keep that system in place with those players, I don't see why Clay Thompson would, would want to leave. And he may not. He might say, you know what, let's win six, seven, eight, let's play together. I'll take a little less money uh, because the money's so crazy now that what's 10, 15 million among friends, uh, it's all what's going on between his head. Maybe. Right. He wants to go be the man somewhere. All right. I proved he's that. A, he, he could be the man right there in Golden State. Right. He'd be a man. He wouldn't be the I mean, man. Beca- I mean, because when, you know, because when they made their, their run before they lost to the Cavaliers a few years ago, in game six in, in Oklahoma City, when Steph Curry couldn't find the basket, Draymond Green couldn't find the hoop, mm-hmm. and, go, and Oklahoma City was on the verge of dethroning the Golden State Warriors in the Western Conference Finals, the guy who came up with, with 40 big points was Klay Thompson. So... I mean, you know, I, the one thing I can say about, you know, about the high level of, of basketball in the NBA is that I was on some, some bad teams and I was on some good teams. Mm-hmm. Trust me, if I'm on a good team, give me that every day. Because <laughs> when you go to a bad oh, team yeah, or a bad situation, a long season. Man, it is a long, long season. How many bad teams were you on, though? The Knicks were in the playoffs every well, we, year. Well, we got hurt. You know, see, my first year in the league, we lost to the. Uh, the 76ers, you know, they had the 4-4-4 with our Moses Malone and Dr. J and Bobby Jones and Andrew Tony and Maurice Cheeks who went on to win the NBA championship. My second year in the league, we lost to Larry Bird and Kevin McHale in the seventh game, thrilling the Boston Garden in the Eastern Conference semifinal. Coming back for year three, we thought that, hey, maybe it's our time now as a team to take the next step. We have some young guys, you know, who have been in the league now for two or three years, so they understand what it takes to win at this level. We have all-star player in Bernard King. Bill Cartwright was, was on the thrush of an all-star player. Truck Robinson was a former all-star player. Mm-hmm. So we have a nice mix of youth and, and, and veterans on this team along with Hubie Brown coaching. So we should be able to make a significant run going into my third year. But before training camp started, we lost all three players. That's crazy. All three guys got hurt the same <laughs> Can you believe that? In practice or in exhibition games? No, before, before training camp started. So just on their own? Yeah, working out. Bill Cartwright broke his foot, working out. Bernard King, Truck Robinson broke his ankle. And all of a sudden now we had to go to this, which was called at that time, the CBA, and bring up guys to replace those three, type, three types of players in the tough Eastern Conference and there was no way we could match up with the Boston Celtics and Milwaukee Bucks. So you had one near like that? We had two years like that. You did? Two or three, two years like that. And I'm telling you, man. It's a long season, right? But when, you know, when you know it's hard to compete on a nightly basis, and you know, you're playing as hard as you can. There's going to be some nights when the ball may bounce your way, but more times than not, the ball is going to go the other way. And it makes for a long season. But if you have the mental toughness, you know, to hang in and prevail, you know, you're hoping that at some point in time things will change. But doing that, but doing those moments – all of a sudden, coaches change. Front offices begin right, to change. Right. New people are coming in. And, and, and if you've been in this situation for four or five years, when they look to, to flush out and bring in a new type system, will you be one of those guys to go with the new system? And, and that's a scary thing for a lot of players to be in. Right. 
But, all right, so the 10, 11 years you played, you had two or three rocky ones, but seven or eight really, really good ones. Right. So that's, you take that. I think any athlete, knowing that going in, you're going to get 10 years, seven, eight years, you're going to be in the playoffs. You'll have a couple uh, rough ones with some injuries. That That's a pretty good deal, right? Well, there. that's, you know, you can't, you know, injuries are part of the game. We all know that. But to get up and leave a really good system, just because you, you may think that, well, now I can make a little bit more money over here. I might become the man over there. And then all of a sudden you get there, you find out, wow, it's a whole lot different than the place I left. And when you become the main man on a bad team and you are not the guy that can really carry a franchise by yourself, it becomes a really long season for you then. 834, we have to step away. We'll come back. Joe, hang through the break. We'll get to your call and talk about some of the other NBA signings and moves of the past seven days. Uh, Much more In the Zone coming up right after these. You're In the Zone on The Fan. Hey, Rosie here for my good friend Vern Cole and all the talented folks at the Hair Restoration Institute. Yes, summer is finally here, and my favorite time of year to reflect on the decision I made years ago to get a hair transplant at HRI. One of the best decisions of my life. Uh, In simple terms, they took the hair on the back of my head and moved it to the front, and, and that was it. Done deal for life. In fact, just last week, someone stopped me at a restaurant showing off the results he got by having the same transplant procedure that I had, and the smile on his face said it all, along with his full head of hair, of course. HRI has every viable option to regrow hair, transplants, laser therapy, non-surgical cosmetic procedures. In fact, they have a brand new transplant called Neograft, a minimally invasive cutting-edge technology, just a real gentle procedure with little downtime and no scarring. And your hair can be worn at any length. So check them out at myhairlossclinic.com or 612-588-HAIR. Get more hair, get more life. Back with you at 840. You're in the zone on the fan. Tucker and Sinekin here till 10. We will hand things off to the common man, Dan Cole. T to green. I'm guessing the second to last episode of T to green today. Already? Got to make way for Fantasy Football Weekly. Come on. Speaking of golf, your guy Tiger just birdied number six. He is two under today and two under for the tournament. Just four shots back. All right. And how about Bernhard Langer, who's like 60, shot a 68 today, and still, is one under. He's still playing, huh? He is. Wow. He's dominating the uh, the old man's tour. I can see that. And uh, he is uh, sort of in contention through three rounds at the uh, the British Open. We're talking mostly NBA. We'll, uh, we'll talk a little football before we are done today, both college and pro. Um, I got a bunch of NBA stuff to get to with Mr. Tucker. But first, let's welcome... Joe from Plymouth, who was kind enough to hold through the break. Good morning, Joe. Good morning, gents. How are you today? We are yeah. doing well. What's on your mind? 
it's uh it's a great day so uh double t and, and uh it's fun to hear you guys talking uh some of that old school basketball I, I i'm 46 i'm from new york originally so i'm a huge Knicks fan so uh, i did see you play in a Knicks uniform and those are some glory days for me and especially going into the patrick ewing era which ended up being you know the, the late 80s into the early 90s and uh, that, that's fun uh so as i as I'm listening to you talk, I just, I just want to say, so you were talking before about Clay Thompson and where he might end up. I'm secretly holding out that Clay will be a Nick. <laughs> I, I, I know they're talking about Kyrie and Jimmy Butler. Um, I mean, no all due respect to Jimmy Butler. Love him, love his game. I, I, don't, I don't want Jimmy. I'd love to see Kyrie and Clay in New York next season or, you know, the season after the upcoming season to partner with uh, the Unicorn. Uh, I'm not sure about Tilakima and his uh, advancement. I'm not sure, honestly, if he's the point guard of the future or not. But I, I think I'd love that. That's Clay is the guy that I'm secretly holding out will end up being a Nick at some point. So I don't know what you think about that, Double T, but uh, love to hear. All right. Thanks for the call, Joe. It'd be nice for the New York Knicks if you get someone like Clay Thompson to go along with a Kyrie Irving and Unicorn. You know, the Knicks are building their big three. And and many are are betting on the fact that Kevin Knox, their Six nine uh, rookie out of Kentucky, who really turned heads in the summer yeah, league. Yeah, he did. That that he might be a guy that could become a core piece for that team. The way he looks right off the bat, so suddenly things could turn around. You add Kyrie and and uh, and Clay to the mix next year. Yeah, I mean, even if he had a guy like you know, I know Wolves fans are hoping that you know that somehow, some way that you know that the Wolves can find a way to sign Jimmy Butler for three or four more years. We don't know if that's going to happen or not, but if you put Jimmy Butler along with a, a Kyrie Irving and a Unicorn, all of a sudden the Knicks you know, are back in the mix as well. But when you talk about one of the all-time great perimeter shooters in the history of the game, you know, we all talk about Steph Curry because he does it in a, in a, in a different way. You know, he, he, he does it off the dribble like no one I've ever seen before. But a guy who can catch and shoot and get that shot off very quickly, you know, Clay Thompson is one of the best I've seen. It'll be really interesting to see what happens with uh, with Clay next season, we talked about the cavalcade of all stars who will be eligible for free agency. Clay among them, and all the teams that'll have tons of money to spend. So, as you said, you know Clay, you're in a perfect system for you. You know, a couple million here or there. Uh, you got to make sure you find the right fit so your game can certainly it translate. Know, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, because you don't want to go to a system where. You know, they're not going to move the ball freely. Guys are going to set screens to get you open. It's a wide-open offense. It becomes more, you know, constructive where now you, you know, guys are you're in a half-court situation where you're not shooting a lot of three-point shots or you don't have the players that can help you get the shots that, that, that has made you good. And, and, and your game can, can, can take a, a significant hit. But here's a guy that scored 60 points in one game and took 11 dribbles. <laughs> Think about that. That's uh. Think about that. How does that ever happen again? That's think, a, think about that. James Harden dribbles 11 times every time he touches well, the that ball. Means that, that means that nobody's guarding Guys weren't even close to him. I mean, how can you get 60 points and only take 11 dribbles? Yeah, it seems impossible, doesn't right. it? Right. Hey, quickly to the Bradshaw and Bryant inbox, you were talking last segment about how going into your third season, lots of optimism, three major injuries before the season starts and your season's derailed. Emailer Aaron writes, 
Didn't that bad season lead to the frozen envelope and Patrick Ewing? <laughs> so, silver lining department, that worked out pretty well. You know, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. You guys get hurt before the season. We'll freeze the envelope so David picks that's the right one. one. Yeah, you know, that's, that's, a a, good, that's a real good one. Yeah. But, uh, but yes, that, it's kind of like the Spurs, right? The Spurs lose David Robinson and, and their season goes in flames, but they're allowed to draft high the next year. They get Tim Duncan. And it was worth the bad year, just and, like your bad year was worth it to get Patrick Ewing. That's very true. I mean, in uh, 1985, I remember the day they had the, uh, was it ever the first year they had the draft lottery? It was on a weekend afternoon. I, we told Sunday the story. Afternoon. Was it Saturday yeah. or Sunday afternoon? I was in the Milwaukee Brewers press box when yeah. it happened, so it was between one and four on a weekend afternoon. I was hanging out in Miami, Florida with some buddies, and all of a sudden they said, who had the draft lottery? I said, let me tune in. Yeah, we got a high, we may have a chance at a high pick. Right, and they it's said, a bad year. Uh, it came down to. I don't remember what your chances were. They were not great. We were very. It was. We we had a great chance because we were one of the worst teams in basketball. Yeah, but uh, it was. We were a, like twenty three games that year. It was a still a, a quite a surprise. It was the, we came down to Indiana and uh, the Knicks, right? Is that, that I don't remember. Yeah, those were the last two teams. Wayman Tisdale went to went to uh, went to the Pacers, and then Patrick Ewing came to the New York Knicks, and I can hear Pat O'Brien right now saying. Basketball is back, back in, in New, New York, York City. City. That's right. <laughs> did you, uh, what was your, I mean, did you go crazy? Were you high-fiving everybody? Were you excited? I mean, do you remember I was your excited. reaction? I was excited for sure uh, because now. Because we, he was the dominant player oh, in college basketball no for two about years. It. And, yep. many, and many people talked about at that time that Patrick Ewing was not a good offensive player because he was known for his, his defensive strengths at, at Georgetown. You know, but when he got to the Knicks in the first day of training camp, we 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 saw something that that no one told us that he could do. He could really score the basketball, but he just never he was just never the main guy offensively when he played for John Thompson. You know, but you know that was a that was a big day for for for, for New York Knicks basketball fans. No question, yeah, no doubt. Uh, all right, a couple other nuggets I want to get your thoughts on, Trent. This happened last night. Uh, former Timberwolf Michael Beasley has joined LeBron James with the Lakers. They played together for one season in Miami. Beasley's quite the interesting guy. You know, we know he's a character and kind of an oddball, but, you know, celebrated, you know, one year at uh, was it Kansas State, I believe. Yeah. Number two pick, certainly never lived up to it. But he's kind of had a, a renaissance. You know, if he hadn't been the number two pick, he'd be looked at so differently. And we see that all the time, right? How you're perceived, depending on where you're drafted for me, the football analogy is A.J. Hawk, who was a you know, top 10 pick for the pack and never played like Ray Lewis. Yeah. But he had a solid, you know, eight, 10 years in Green Bay. And if he hadn't been a high pick, he would have been looked at totally differently. And I think that's the case here uh, with Beasley as well. Another one year deal, another guy to join the bench with the Lakers. Um, this Lakers team, we, we talked a lot about them. I got a tweet uh, from Denise, who listens to us in Denver, who writes, Doesn't it feel like the Lakers will have a really Hard time making the playoffs in the West. In her mind, their team is way worse than the Cavs in a much better conference. And we talked a bit about this last week. You don't necessarily believe that, do you? You you kind of like the talent around LeBron in L.A., even if it's a lot of it's just one-year fixes. But in Ingram and Ball and Hart and Kuzma, they got a lot of young talent with some serious potential. They're just really, really young. I don't know where to go with the Lakers yet. I know LeBron changes everything for everybody, but I'm I don't know if I'm prepared to say they're going to have a hard time making the playoffs, but I I'd, I'd be really surprised if they were a top 4 seed in the West. 
Well, I mean, if you look at how how things you know played out this year, from from three to nine, I mean, was it two or three games separation? Yeah, it yeah. was so tight, right? So, I mean, you could be the seventh the seventh team in the Western Conference and make the playoffs, but you might be a game away from being the third best team in the Western Conference. And if things shake out this season like they did a year ago, for sure, LeBron James, you know if his team is going to make the playoffs, they could find themselves in the fourth spot because if a game or two is going yeah. to separate three to three to nine, well, yeah, he, he could be he, he could be in that mix. But He could also be nine. He could know? be nine, right? right? He could be out as well. But I, 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 I still believe that the team that LeBron James had in Cleveland this year is better than the team that he's going to right now. Yes, I would agree. This past year, yeah. Yes, I would agree. Yeah, yeah. the Cavaliers team was was there was more proven was, veteran yeah. talent, right? I right, mean, from yeah. from George Hill to Kevin Love to right. J.R. Smith and Corver. Um, so another deal that went down this week: Trent Carmelo Anthony finally gets moved. It wasn't that wave and stretch deal; it was an actual trade to Atlanta, where he will get cut by the Hawks and will be free to sign with likely the Rockets, maybe the Heat. The interesting to me part of this was Atlanta gives up Dennis Schroeder in the deal. Their point guard, who is making fifteen million a they year, they were trying to get rid of him anyway. Yeah, they were, and I want to yeah. get your thoughts on that because he's he's certainly got some talent, but now he goes and backs up Russell Westbrook. And yes, they had a conversation with him to explain, but he goes from the man for maybe a bad team, but still the man, to joining Russell Westbrook. It just doesn't feel like a a great fit for him, and I'm not so sure it's going to work out really well. Well, it, you know, could could those two play together? At some point in time, when they go small ball, maybe yeah, small ball. They might fight for the ball amongst each other. I could see him running down the court like both right, trying to. Well, he and Paul George, yeah, yeah, Paul George, and fight for the ball as well. That's true. So that's true. Small ball is is a big thing in in, in the game today, and more coaches now are using you know smaller players together, you know, throughout the course of a game to try to speed up the game to see if they can open up the court more to get to get out in transition to help their three point shooters. So uh, I believe that Billy Donovan, along with Maurice Cheeks and, and the coaching staff, you know, they have a plan for him, and, and they believe they, that they can find a way to use what he brings to the table to help this team. So Mello will be free to join any team. Uh, he's being linked to the Rockets, and the obvious question is, will he come off the bench and, and you know be a Trevor Ariza-type player for the Rockets? Who lost, they lost Ariza and uh, Mbamute. Is he at a point now where he'll accept that role and not be a that's a good question a key cog because he always seems so headstrong and and wants to be the man if he could accept that role and, and have a chance to win a championship in Houston man you have Melo coming off the bench that's you know, that's as good as it gets but I just I have a hard time believing he's going to accept being put into that role as you know not one of your core players I mean does he have to come off the bench now that Ariza is in Phoenix. I mean, who's going to play that three spot for the Houston Rockets with Ariza gone? So let's say if you pick up you pick up Melo, and he's willing to play a certain role. You know, could he be the guy at that three position as a starter for the Houston Rockets? Well, where are their bench points coming from, though? Um, Ryan Anderson. You've got PJ Tucker who could play that three spot. Well, I mean, you know, Chris Paul, if he's healthy, normally takes his break at about the six minute mark of the first quarter. So all of a sudden now he's back on the floor with the second unit to start the second quarter. He mm. becomes the, you know, the main offensive weapon. Because when you look at how Houston is put together, they don't they don't have a lot of guys that can beat you off the dribble. 
they have a number of guys who are good spot-up shooters, and those spot-up shooters rely on Chris Paul and James Harden to break down the defense to right. open up the offense for them. So if Chris Paul is on the floor with the second unit, now he gives them that go-to guy what the defense has to pay attention to, and, and that can free up some of those guys from downtown. So you can see Mallow actually starting for them? Taking I, could, I could see if he's willing to play a certain role. You know, he, you know he, he can't be a ball stopper like he has been throughout his career because he's no longer able to do some of the things that he did when he was younger playing for the Denver Nuggets. And if he's willing to realize that and accept that role, and I believe being good friends with Chris Paul, that may not be a, good, may not be a bad place for him to go. Uh, he can listen to Chris Paul, understand what they need for him to do to give them a chance to win. He just might be able to buy in. And at this point, it looks like Capella will come back. He's still sitting out there as a restricted free they agent. They need him. Yes, and he needs them. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a perfect fit for him. It's a perfect system. He goes to a team that, that doesn't have the players that, that Houston brings to the table. He could be a forgotten man very quickly. 8.53, we have to step away. One hour in the books, one hour to go. We'll come back, talk a little football to start off the second hour and come back with more NBA talk before we are done as well. Hour number two in the zone right after these. You're in the zone with Trent Tucker and Dave Sinekin on the fan. We're back, 9 o'clock, on a beautiful Saturday morning in the Twin Cities. Trent Tucker and Dave Sinekin with you for another hour. Lots of NBA talk, as always. Thought we'd talk a little football for a moment, if that's okay. The uh, writers who cover the Big Ten have made their predictions for the season. And let's just say they're not in the boat. They're not, they're not rowing the boat. They're, they're not feeling the boat. They're not feeling elite about the Gophers' chances. In the West, the way the uh, sports writers see it, the Badgers are tops in the West. I think that's uh, not a surprise. Iowa, second. Northwestern, third. Nebraska, with new coach Scott Frost, fourth. And then you fit no, Purdue, that might be a surprise to Gopher fans. Purdue, uh, with Jeff Brom, they're a fine young coach, turning that program around. They're predicted to finish fifth. Gophers fall sixth, and Illinois and Lovey Smith uh, in the basement of the West. Where is the love for PJ Fleck in year two? <laughs> it's, <laughs> not uh, it's not there. Well, there's a lot of questions, right? Like quarterback position being maybe front and center. If the Gophers finish sixth, how much outrage, how much fear and loathing would there be for where this program is? Well, I mean, it wouldn't be good. I can tell you that. I mean, I mean, they, you know, the Gopher fans are hoping in, in, in the second year now they're their new head coach that, that things are moving in, in the right direction because you, know, you, you make the change. You know, Clays has gone out the 94 season. You bring in someone new. You said that needs to change the culture and do things differently. And 
and if things are not moving in the right, in the right direction and, and you're number two, you, you could have some major concerns you know, from the fan base for sure. But I've got to get in touch with my boy Pat Fish, who's a big-time Gopher fan, you know, to so, so see if he can provide me some information on how the Gophers should do this year. I just uh, called up the schedule. We do know, Trent, Yeah, I didn't. I haven't looked at this, but the first three games, are, we do not have an 11 o'clock start, so we will not be preempted. Wow. The first three Gopher games. Well, that, that, that should say something they for got, the program, right? right? Well, yeah, maybe. And moving them to... But most of, most of those 11 o'clock games are during the Big Ten season, and those have not yet been figured out. But their non-conference schedule, they play at home. They, they have New Mexico State, Fresno State, and Miami of Ohio all at home. So if you can get out to a start there and then win those, you're 3-0. and Here's what their Big Ten schedule looks like. They open up at Maryland. You know, Maryland's nothing, right? That's beat, that's winnable. That might be one of their key games right out of the gate in the Big Ten season. Go on the road and beat Maryland, because then you get a week off to think about the Hawkeyes coming to town. Gets a little dicier. Hawkeyes in town, then you go to Ohio State. So right now, they're in, they're 1-2 and two in the Big Ten. I got them beating Maryland, losing to Iowa, losing to Ohio State. They go to Nebraska. That's going to be difficult. Then they play Indiana. Here, it's a night game on October 26th. I may have to go to that one. I have yet to go to a game at uh, at TCF. Do we call that the bank, or does U.S. Bank get to be called the bank? I don't know. I well, think TCF Bank Stadium is the bank. Okay. I'd like to go to that one. Hoosiers in a night game at no, U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank. I know, it's at it, uh, it's TCF. A, it's the Purple Palace. <laughs> oh, I forgot. <laughs> right. Okay. Okay, we'll see if you're still calling the that in late December. Yeah, yeah. Hey, hey, like the boys on the street say, hey, don't get this twisted, okay? So, <laughs> so after Indiana, Trent, they go to Illinois. That's winnable. They have Purdue at home. That's winnable. They have Northwestern at home. All right, that might be dicey. And they go to Wisconsin. So... No Penn State, no Ohio State, no Michigan, no Michigan State. They don't play the top four teams in the East this year. That's a very favorable Ohio schedule. Ohio State, right? They get Ohio oh, they State, do have right? Ohio State. Yeah. You're right. They have Ohio State, but they do not have Michigan, Michigan State, or Penn State on the schedule this year. But how good will Michigan be this year? Well, they're supposed to be really good. Be okay. Yeah. Michigan State, with they're, all the stuff that's going on there. Well, yes, but that's... That's not the football program. Well, you know, his, 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 the football coach has been named in, in, in certain things... They are still projected to be very good. Okay, Michigan State this year. And what about uh, Penn and State? Penn State's got the best quarterback. Okay, I think in the conference. Lost best, lost they lost the best. They lost Saquon Barkley, best yep. running back, right? Yep. That does not sound. I mean, if what do you need? You want to get six games to get into a bowl game, right? So if you win your three non-conference, you got to win three Big Ten games between Maryland, Indiana, Indiana Illinois, score, Purdue. Indiana's going to score the football, right? Absolutely. High-scoring team? That will not be easy. My Hoosiers will not be an easy out, but at least it's at home. At least it's, it's, it's a at night home. game. Yeah, it's a night game. Could October be a downpour. October 26th. Last time I saw a night game at TCF Bank was a downpour. Was it really? Yeah. Well, I wouldn't assume I it's going to be another State one. Michigan State was in town. I believe it was Michigan State. It's a downpour. The last Let's Big Ten now. game I attended was in Bloomington. It was Michigan State-Indiana, and the star player in that game was Le'Veon Bell. He was a man. He just, man, he broke a few runs where he did the hurdle over the guy thing. He has one more year left in Pittsburgh? 
This yes. could be it. This will be it for him in Pittsburgh. Uh, he's on the franchise tag. They could not work out a long-term deal. He will be on the market. But I heard that Pittsburgh offered him about $33 million guaranteed on a, on a $70 million deal. He said no. Yeah, he turned out a huge deal last year, too. Yeah. I don't know what... And actually, I was going to say, I don't know what kind of representation he's getting, but his agent told him to take the deal last year. Yeah, and, he, and, some, of his, and some of his boys told him also. Yeah. Take the deal, man, but I, maybe he doesn't want to be in Pittsburgh anymore. That very well might be. See James Harrison talking about, see what he said? Can't believe that. He, he just threw Mike Tomlin not only under the bus, but he backed up a few times. Well, he said he was him. a good coach, but the discipline wasn't there. Too much of a player's coach. What's wrong with that? He said, you know what? I'm Well, it, it's, it's on him. I see how they coach in New England. It's a whole different level up here. What's well, on him? It's because, you know, if a coach gives you freedom and room, and you should be able to, to show, you know, that you can handle the responsibility that the coach is giving you. And if, if you can't handle that, but then don't blame the coach. It's on you. It's on you. If you need to have someone stand over you every single night and tell you what to do every single day, you know, well, then don't blame someone else who does it different. Yeah, it's, it's weird. You figure that style of Belichick should be kind of outdated and out of fashion. Well, some guys need it. A lot of guys need it. I, yeah. I think most guys probably need it. They're so young these days. But that's why I love playing for Jim Dutcher when I came to the University of Minnesota. You know, you know he was... You know, he was a coach that, that gave us room and, you know, he allowed us to grow as, as young men and so forth. And, um, and that was great for me is because, you know, he allowed you to police your own team. And, and if you become a captain, you know, uh, of a situation like that, you know, you want to make sure that, that you have the, you know, the mental toughness to be able to bring guys together. And, and to get everyone on the same page to see if you can can get it done. He had his rules and regulations, yep. you know, but but also, you know, he gave us space to grow as young men. Yeah, it, you know, it certainly works for some. It depends on the, you know, who you got in your locker room, that who's going to respond to what kind of coaching. James Harrison, clearly, even as a veteran, seemed to respond to that yeah. disciplined. Some guys need that. Our way or the highway. Um, but it's much easier, you know, when... You know, when you're not able to accept certain responsibilities and you can't look at yourself in the mirror and say, hey, you know what, this is on me, and now I'm going to I'm going to have to blame someone else because I was not able to step up to the plate and get the job done. I had some fun on Twitter yesterday. I like to get Vikings you fans tweet? going. I do. Really? The uh, I noticed a tweet from Pro Football Focus. Okay. Which uh, had a graph that showed the – Best run-stopping defense in the NFL heading into the 2018 season, according to Pro Football Focus, it's the Green Bay Packers. Is the Green Bay Packers? Oh, really? And that caught my eye. I said, "Oh, they they like our squad. They like our." De-. All I hear from Viking fans is what trash the Packers' defense is. Yet Pro Football Focus expects them to be the best run-stopping unit in football. And then, of course, I get the usual. Well, if you can't stop the run or the pass at all. Of course you can stop the run because nobody tries to run on you because everybody can pass all day. And granted, Dom Caper's scheme seemed to run out of steam and was uh, easily solvable the last few years. I, I am. Is he still there? No. He's they, gone. Now, they now have Mike Pettin, and that's what okay. I'm, I'm excited about because Mike Pettin comes from the Rex Ryan school. Rex uh, Ryan? That's, that style of defense. And when okay. he was with Rex Ryan running his defense in uh, New York with the Jets and in Buffalo, he was always a top five or top ten defense. And. 
And I've long maintained there is some nice talent defensively for Green Bay. Now, yes, they the cornerback position needed to be retooled, and they've brought in three players, two rookies and a veteran in Tremont Williams, to address the cornerback situation. And last year's number one pick, Kevin King, should be healthy. Tiger just made, what was that, 40 feet? 40 feet, yeah. Number nine, his third birdie of the front. Tiger three under for the day, three under for the tournament. A Steph Curry Hail Mary. And you can see NBC's ratings just climbing and climbing. Oh, was that Aaron Rodgers Hail Mary? Yes, that was Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> but no, all kidding aside, you know, yes, the Vikings defense, along with Jacksonville, is elite in the NFL, and I'm not going to dispute that. But I get the feeling with Mike Pettin's scheme and uh, and really the strength of Green Bay's defense is up front on that line with Mike Daniels, Kenny Clark, Muhammad Wilkerson, and, and Dean Lowry. Can't forget about him. They've got some nice talent up front. If they can get a pass rush, that's the key for the Packers' D. Clay Matthews, Nick Perry can stay on the field because there's not much proven behind them. Who's this up front? defense going to take some some steps. Who's up front? Do you have any guys up front that can get to the uh, quarterback? Well, yeah, yes, of course. Mike Daniels and Kenny Clark are really nice interior defensive linemen that can wreak havoc. But the system set up for those linebackers to come get the quarterback, and um, Perry and Matthews need to be those guys. Short passes. That's all Kirk Cousins likes to do, right? Right. You know, get those. You know, get the backside of the backfield and get behind the linebackers. Hit him in the middle of the field. Opens up. All of a sudden, now you're picking up six, seven, eight, nine, ten yards. You're moving the ball down the field. You allow the defense a chance to get that rest. Late in the fourth quarter, close football game. Put some pressure on Aaron Rodgers. That's going to be fun this year. Yeah, it's really going to be fun. Um, USA Today made their predictions. They had the Vikes at twelve and four, and the Pack at eleven and five. And say that again. I think it's going to be that close. Say that again. Say, say that one more time. I don't want to. I do. Say it one more time. I yeah. want to hear that one more time. They have the Vikes at 12-4. and four. Who's they? Uh, USA Today. The Packers are game behind. There's music to our ears. At 11-5. Uh, and five. Uh, It's all right. I'll, you know what? That's not, a, that's not a disastrous season if we're one game back and a wild card team. I think it's going to go the other way. Who's a wild card team? Well, according to them, Green Bay would have been a wild card along with, I think, the Saints. Okay. Behind the Falcons in the south. Um, Vikings again wins the, wins the north? That's what they say. Yeah. I don't see it that way myself. I think the pack will don't. steal it this I'll year. Oh, you? Yeah, I haven't paid yes. Me? No, of course you haven't paid me. Oh, let's crack open the wallet and have breakfast, man. Let's, let's do it, man. But you're too busy. You know, you're, you're too busy. You're like big time exec now. You're like you know? household dad. You're, you, you don't, don't have, have a boss your anymore. Boys everywhere. You know, you don't have a boss anymore. Well, that's been ten years. So that's nothing. <laughs> that's nothing new. But, but I told um, you, your boss really is right. Yeah, you told me my wife's the boss. Yeah, I'm not Sam Cassell. But I'm not going to go quite that far. We have a nice partnership. There is no boss, boss in my house. It's his boss. My brother-in-law had a lot of fun with that line, oh, yeah. by the way, all week. Also, I sent a text, so you know that, right? Did you? <laughs> nice. <laughs> you know, with friends like you. <clears throat> with friends like you. Hey, before we break, let's grab a phone call here. Bob wants to get back to the college football discussion. Bob, you're in the zone. What's on your mind? Yeah, it's the same thing, you know. You think the Big Ten should go to a 10-game schedule instead of a nine. That way you have five away and five home games and go back to two non-conference games the way they did from 1979 to 1984. You can still give yourself, you know, a good non-conference team. I mean, the Gophers played USC 
two years in a row in Nebraska, two years in a row, and you can open up things for the Big Ten as far as getting more Big Ten teams on the schedule. Well, thanks for the call. I love the idea in theory. Didn't they just go from eight to nine not that long ago? The problem with going to ten, Trent, is it makes your schedule tougher, right? You can't. That's one patsy, one cupcake that gets removed, and it makes it tougher to become bowl eligible when you can lock in three. It used to be four non-conference games. But there's so many bowls right now. I mean, there's a bowl in 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 every city, right? Right, but if every you, nook and cranny you can find a bowl game. It's going to be tougher though to to reach six wins for a lot of teams if you're playing ten conference games. We need some competition. I it, mean, it, I'd love to see it as a fan, but there's no way it's going to Ticket prices are going up. Coaches aren't right? going to allow it. Aren't ticket prices going up? They're not going down. I don't believe they're ever okay, going down. So why shouldn't the fans, you know, have the opportunity to see some good football? So instead of Miami of Ohio week three, you know, it might be Michigan State week three. I don't, Louisville. Think, I don't think PJ is going to be on board for that. What about Louisville? Louisville's another tough right. game. No, that's uh coaches would never go for it. They they want they used to have four cupcakes. Now they only get to have three. At least the Gophers three non conference teams this year are all, you know, legit teams. I mean schools that, that can play some football. I don't think well, Miami of Ohio I mean, how, you mean, has Big Ben anymore, but you know, that's well, it's only going to get game. better by playing against better competitions. I know right now and then you got to you know sprinkling a few teams here and there that you should be able to dominate. But if you want the program to continue to grow, you want the players on the outside from outside of Minnesota to look at your program differently and say, hey, you know they they play a good solid schedule. You know, the guys are getting better. They're continuing. They're competing. They're playing in significant bowl games now. All of a sudden, now your situation has a different look, you know, from different talent around the country. No, I get it. That all makes sense. But coaches are measured by their wins and losses. And to suddenly say you've got to play 10 Not conference so. games. I mean, look at Dwayne Casey. <laughs> That's true. That's true. There's no guarantee, right? Right. All right, we'll come back. Uh, some big wild news to get to that will get you excited. And we will talk more NBA and some of the news of the past week. And keep you up to date on Tiger who is three under for the day on the 10th fairway and suddenly in the mix in the British Open. Much more in the zone right after these. You're in the zone on the fan. And... Bubba has Coyle with it. Coyle in. Hands up the score. And a wild win in overtime. Coyle plays for Dumba. We are back, 921. Yes, hockey highlights played in the zone because Trent's guy, Matt Dumba, has agreed to a five-year, $30 million deal to stay with the Minnesota Wild. It's good news. Matt Dumba, we got him. It's good news for for the Wild. It's, it's good news for the community. It's, good move, it's a good move for the ACES program, foundation. Matt Dumba does a lot of work with the ACES foundation. Nice. So it's very good for them as well to have, you know, someone like that stay in town who has been a voice, you know, for the ACES program. And a good deal for him. Six mil a year for five years. He gets to stay in uh, 
state of hockey. Five years, $30 million. Matt Dumba remains with the Minnesota Wild. Um, they are going low today at Carnoustie. I'm... I'm kind of hoping the wind kicks up in the afternoon so that not everybody goes low, That so that these guys out early are all in contention. It started early with uh, Justin Rose shot a 64 today to get to minus four. Tiger, we, we left you, you standing in the 10th fairway. He stuck it to about a foot and will tap in to get to four under through 10 holes today and four under for the tournament and just two shots behind the leaders who will tee off in about... 35 or 40 minutes. Jordan Spieth gets to the first hole and eagles it. <laughs> and now he's one back at five under. It's it's getting fun. And like I said, it, it's weird to watch the British Open on a sunny day where it looks like the course is very, very beatable. I'd love to see the weather kick up a bit, make things a little tricky All right, this afternoon. But it's going to be really exciting, especially... I guess I guess the tiger keeps going. I guess blue is the color at the uh, at the British Open this year, huh? Looking at uh, Mike Tirico and uh, some other bald guy next to him, and they're both wearing blue jackets. So we'll go with that. Interesting stuff at the British. Uh, Twins Trent lost at Kansas City last night, six to five. First game post All Star break. They're in a long road trip, and uh, against you know teams that you got to beat. And not a good start. They they rallied, fell short, and um, you know the big news there now is Miguel Sano gets kicked up to AAA. Seems to be closer and closer to coming back to rejoin the Twins. And Irvin Santana might make his first start next week. It might be a little later. They might give him one more start in the minors. The story in the strip today that he doesn't have quite the fastball he used to. He's down a few miles per hour okay. to eight or nine or ninety, and of course that. Remains to be seen whether that is enough of a difference to make him more hittable. But getting their potentially top one or two starters back finally, um, along with maybe Sano and maybe then Buxton following that, um, gives you some hope. But obviously the Twins, six, seven, eight games under five hundred, appear to be sellers as we get toward the trade deadline and not buyers. So Tiger on a short par four eleventh is in really nice shape. He didn't quite get on the green, but he just came up short of a bunker, and we'll have I a... I think those bunkers around that green. Yeah, they're <laughs> deep. They're deep. He can putt that for for Eagle. That's a long way away. Yeah. But if he can get it close and tap in... he just dropped in a 40-footer. A couple holes ago. Like Aaron Rodgers when the guy pushes off, but, you know, I'm not going to call it, but, you know, it happens. NBC executives in New York right now are... Clinking glasses and high fiving, maybe dancing in the streets and doing those little body bumps. They're like bumping each other. They're so excited. The a tiger bump? is that what you call it? A yeah, chest bump? A chest bump. They're chest bumping in the NBC offices. On Fifth Avenue? Is that where it is? I don't know. Let's go with well, it. Yeah, it is. No, is it Fifth Avenue? Avenue where they shop? Is that the shopping street? NBC is on Fifth Avenue. It is? Yeah. I think 57th and 5th, somewhere up there. I should know. I was actually in there. I saw a Letterman yeah, taping uh, once. Yeah, somewhere, somewhere in the Around neighborhood. There. Okay. Yeah. Tiger's in the mix. A lot of golf to play. Uh, anything happens here in the next half hour, we will uh, we will let you know about that. Let's go back to the NBA, Trent. Some other uh, interesting nuggets, at least to me. A um, couple of restricted free agents found new homes since we last talked. Jabari Parker, shortly after our show ended, I think, officially signed with his hometown Chicago Bulls. Of course, the big thing in two ACL injuries, 
Cost him a big chunk of his career. Former second overall pick of the Bucks. The Bucks are in that situation where they lose Jabari Parker with no compensation, which is always tough when you lose a guy that you thought was going to be a core piece. But hard to give him a long-term deal with the injury history. I like what the Bulls did. There's very little risk. I mean, two years, I think it's $40 million. I think it's $20 million a year. It is $20 million a year. But two years, and you'll you'll know whether he's gotten past the knee stuff or if it's going to be a chronic thing. And he joins that young core that we've talked about with Dunn, Levine, Markinen. Um So I think it actually was a pretty good place for Parker to go. And as a Chicago native and a he wants three-time All-State well. champion, yeah. uh, he's right comfortable where he is. Um, what does it do for the Bulls by making this kind of financial commitment to him over two years? I, I don't know yet because you know the major concern now, can he stay healthy? And when he has been healthy, he has, he has played some good basketball. You read his comments the other day. He said that well, nobody plays defense in the NBA anyway. <laughs> defense doesn't matter. So unless the Chicago Bulls are going to change their philosophy and see if they can outscore everybody you know, in the NBA to win games, it's a good fit for him. Yeah, I, I like it. I, I, I like it for the Bulls, too. I mean, you're, you're rolling the dice, but it's just two years. You're not locking them up and, and that worried. I just hope he's past his knee injuries. He's, a, I think, a really talented young player, and if he can finally stay healthy, you know, he could do some damage. Stay healthy, keep his body in shape. You know, he's, he's, he's going to play for, for Fred Hoiberg, who, who likes young players. Mm-hmm. Uh, he likes young players in his system, and I, I think the, the system that, that Fred is, brings to the table is a good fit for some of the young players he has as well. Another restricted free agent who signed uh, in the last day or two was Marcus Smart, who had some tough words that were out there about the Celtics and how they were negotiating. He didn't feel like he was being looked at as a major part of their future. Uh, but they obviously kissed and made up. Four years, fifty-two million bucks. I did the math. That's thirteen a year for Marcus nice Smart. Make up. Well, he he really <laughs> he's a nice player. I mean that that's he's a, he's a right player for the Boston Celtics. You know when you shoot in the low thirties, you know from the three point line. Yep. And you're not a real real big time offensive player. It, it's hard for you to go to another system where your game would translate. So I, I know that he's very, very happy to stay with the Boston Celtics because you know his game, the way that he plays and his production, is the is 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 the right place for him to be in Boston. And it gives them a little Kyrie Irving insurance if Kyrie does leave after this year with Rozier and Marcus Smart. You've got some guys in the backcourt uh, that can sort of fill in and and try to take his place if he does leave. Where is Boston in your mind um, in the East? As a, as a, uh, in respect to the Toronto Raptors, who were the number one team in the East. We know that Hayward missed the whole season. Irving missed a good chunk of the season. Most believe that Boston's the clear-cut favorite. How far, if any, behind is Toronto now that Kawhi Leonard joins the mix? If the Toronto Raptors are getting the, the Kawhi Leonard that we saw in game one a few years ago. If he's healthy. If he if, and, if, if they're getting that player, mm-hmm. you know, that they got hurt in game one against the Golden State was in the Western Conference Finals. If Toronto is getting that player with the big guy in the middle and with and with Kyle Lowry. And OG Ananobi. Yeah, some of those young guys they had a year ago. They could win the Eastern Conference. Toronto. Yeah. Yeah, I think so they too. Could. I think Boston's gonna be the clear cut favorite. But um, yeah, I'm with you. If Kawhi is healthy, yeah, if it, and we'll know pretty quick with the USA basketball, is he going to play with them? And well, we'll well you know, I read a report, you know, when be, before you know all of this stuff began to break out, he said he was a 99 percent healthy and ready to go. 
Which means he's probably 85. So if Toronto is going to get the player that, that we last saw play significant minutes in a significant game in the Western Conference Finals a, th- a few years ago against the Golden State Warriors, they could win the East for sure. The East has gotten a lot more interesting, hasn't it, just a few years ago? Because you talk about those two teams, Philly's obviously right there. Indiana, I think in the postseason, really showed that they've got a nice group there, and, and they're going to be a tough out in Milwaukee with a new coach and Mike Budenholzer. And and Giannis still finding his ceiling. You've got, I think, five Middleton. Pretty solid teams in Bledsoe and Middleton and you know and that group. Um it's just it's a lot more um intriguing in the Eastern Conference than it's been. And maybe it's because LeBron left and it feels more wide open. But there are four or five teams that I think could really make a run in the East. It's gonna be fun to watch. Well, I think the the three teams that could win the East, you know, if Kawhi is healthy. Toronto, Philadelphia, and, and Boston. Boston. And then it's the rest of, of the Eastern Conference. Washington is probably hanging around somewhere. You don't like Milwaukee. Indiana, huh? Uh, I mean, they pushed Cleveland to yeah, the they made a run. they made a run this past postseason. They, they, I thought they got hot right, at the right time. But if you, if you had to look at the top three teams in the Eastern Conference as we stand today, mm-hmm. you know, based on the health of um, Kawhi Leonard, you have to say that those three teams right now would be favored to win the Eastern Conference. Talking about Philly, there are rumors they are going to trade for Kyle Korver. Uh, Korver, a longtime member of the Sixers back in the day, played for them for about four seasons. Uh, good chance that trade uh, gets done for Jared Bayless. So they get that three-point shooter that Philly lost when Emilio Sova left. Yeah, you need that. I mean, also they lost Bellinelli. Correct. He and went, they lost Bielitsa. Yeah, he went back to San Antonio. That's a that's a that's a good place for Bellinelli to go back to a system that he knows. And you know, San Antonio now will have two legitimate three point shooters to come in off the bench. If San Antonio somehow, some way, can get Patty Mills back into his role, coming in off the bench, being that three point shooter, you know, being the stabilizer at the point guard position when he comes in off the bench. But if he has to start and run the offense and play thirty five to thirty eight minutes. Then, then Patty Mills' three-point shot is no longer available for the San Antonio Spurs because now he doesn't have the energy, you know, to knock down three-point shots consistently. We're talking Spurs. Your favorite Spurs fans on the phone. We'll get to his call when we return with our final segment in the zone right after these. You're in the zone on the fan. With the 4th of July in our rearview mirrors, your local Honda dealers are turning up the summer heat with savings during the Honda Summer Spectacular event. Hey, it's Mark Rosen here to make sure you visit one of the greater Twin Cities Honda dealers today to take advantage of the great summer sales on their Honda vehicles. Find amazing summer financing specials on the stunning 2018 HRV, the award-winning Civic, and what I drive, the stylish and roomy Honda Pilot. You have to rush into your local Honda dealer now to see all the other great summer sales offers on the 2018 CRV, Accord, Fit, Odyssey, Clarity, and Ridgeline. And if you like to lease your vehicles, this is the best time of the year with amazing leasing specials on the entire Honda lineup. But you have to get to your local Honda dealer now. So hurry in today. Visit GreaterTwinCitiesHondaDealers.com to learn more. That's GreaterTwinCitiesHondaDealers.com. hope that this will be a, a good situation uh, for everybody involved. Uh, you know, Kawhi obviously uh, 
worked very hard to become the player he is. Uh, our staff worked very hard to help him get there. And uh, we wish him all the best as he moves on to Toronto. Uh, I think that you know he's, he's going to be great. And, of course, Greg Popovich talking about the big trade of the week, sending Kawhi Leonard up to Toronto and DeMar DeRozan down to San Antonio. We started the show with it. We'll talk a bit about it again before we are done in case you missed the beginning. Final segment of today's show. And Tigers on fire. Birdie's number 11. He is 5-under for the day, 5-under for the tournament, and one shot back. Trent, there are nine or ten players right now within one shot of the lead. Former Gopher, Eric Van Royen is off, and he and Matt Kuchar are both on the first green with uh, birdie putts just off the green, but they'll putt and chances to uh, to make birdie. Um, they're going low. What was that? All right. Joe, what was that? That's a tiger. Oh, that was a tiger. Real life roar? tiger, yeah. I thought it was a belch. It sounded, more, sounded like Greg Popovich has indigestion more than... <laughs> A tiger roar. The log jam at, at, at the top of the leaderboard. Huh? Is that really what a tiger sounds like? Is that an official tiger? Or is that yeah, some... it's, it says SFX tiger, so it's sound effects tiger. Yeah, yep. I just would never have guessed. Seriously, that sounds more like, uh, you know, post a really greasy dinner. Yeah, that's what you sound like, I'm thinking. All right, we we're talking about Kawhi. Moving up to Toronto. Big, sh- big shaking move in the NBA. And our favorite Spurs fan... Needs to weigh in on the end of an era. No doubt about it. In San Antonio. And that is our friend Jamar in Brooklyn Park. Good morning. Good morning, fellas. You guys should have seen me hauling a hauling the tail trying to get out of the seminar to get in the car to call you guys. So I, I, <laughs> All right. How about them Spurs? The lady huh? that I, hit is, I hate you guys, too. So, you know, I'm trying to <laughs> we appreciate the effort, Jamar, because we are very curious to get your reaction. That's true. You know, man, I've been a Spurs fan now for about 20 years, honestly, about 19, 20 years. Uh, it was the Admiral first, and then I, I followed uh, Tim Duncan at, at Wake Forest until he came over there. And so in my lifetime as a Spurs fan, I've never seen – I don't know how to react now because I've never seen us not be a competitive team. Now, Trent, I'm trying to keep a, a good attitude that the pieces that we got, because we're young, that we might be a bit competitive. But we're in the Western Conference where – you gotta be you gotta be much more than young. You gotta be talented and have superstars on your team in order to even push for a championship in the West. This is not the East, and so this makes me worry. Now I I, I heard what Pop said again with you when you guys played him, and I heard him when he first made the remarks. This doesn't sound like a coach that did eighteen, nineteen years ago, nineteen years ago when he got when he drafted Tim Duncan, and he knew that he could win. He had a centerpiece of a championship that can go on for years. Doesn't sound like that pop to me. This sounds like a pop that knows we're in rebuilding mode and that may not want to be a part of this process. Uh, I, I honestly worry. I, I've never seen a – I mean, we've made the playoffs with 47 wins last year. Now, that I haven't seen us do that in a long time either. So I'm just – man, I, I, I really worry ledge. about where we're at now. Talk him off the ledge, Trent. Because <laughs> <laughs> you like this move for Toronto. For I do. I, I mean, you know, uh, if you're going to lose Kawhi Leonard and you're able to get an all-star player in return, and now he has three years left on his deal, 
Uh, this was a, to me, this is a good move for the San Antonio Spurs because last year without Kawhi Leonard, for most of the season now, you were the number three team in the Western Conference. If, and if you look at Houston and if you look at Golden State, you say, okay, they're the best two teams now in, in the Western Conference. But when you look at three through nine and all of a sudden now you're bringing in someone like DeRozan and, and Rudy Gay if, he, if he's healthy and ready to go, and some of the young guys can step up and, and improve their games, all of a sudden the Spurs are right there in the mix. So uh, to lose Kawhi Leonard and to get DeRozan to me was a very, very good move by the Spurs. But, Jamar, here's well, my – I'm sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, it feels like it's a different organization now. It just yeah. – it doesn't have that cachet it had. Like, there, there seems to be something going on where if Kawhi's not happy there, and then maybe Kawhi's a different cat than we thought he was – it just feels like things are different in San Antonio, and 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 maybe, you know, maybe Pop's kind of lost the enthusiasm. Uh, I don't know. It, I like the deal for them. I like Pirtle a lot. I think he's going to fit right in. Um, I'm not a huge DeRozan guy, just because of his postseason shortcomings. But as Trent said, when you've got a disgruntled All Star who wants out, just like Kevin Love, you you just hope you're going to get a stud back. And the Wolves got Andrew Wiggins. He's not in stud category yet, but. We all hope he'll get there, and maybe DeRozan flourishes with Popovich and the cast around him. So I'm not sure what more you guys could have gotten back for a guy like Leonard with the situation being he's going to opt out after a year anyway. Well, I mean, you're right, David. You took, you, you took the words out of my mouth, and you spoke so profoundly what you said. Look, so I worry about, again, I worry about the same thing you do. I worry about DeRozan and his past. You know, his body of work, especially when it comes to the postseason. So that worries me. Now, you're right. We made the playoffs without Kawhi, without uh, Parker, with 47 wins. I do believe that we compete, Trent. But, I, I mean, there's no way I, I'm enthusiastic thinking that we can compete for a championship. First round, I mean, we, you know, meet somebody like the Lakers and maybe knock them out, something like that, perhaps. But, I mean, to think that we can take this team to a championship, that's not something that I that I that I know that we could do, and I worry about it. Trent, I mean, I'll say this and be done. Trent, we got to be honest. Do you think that Pop, like like David just said, he didn't sound so enthusiastic. Do you think that he knows that after this year or next year that he's done? All right, go back to your seminar. Thanks, Thanks for calling, Jamal. <laughs> <laughs> well, even with, even with Kawhi Leonard, you know, the, the one thing that I've always mentioned about the San Antonio Spurs is that, that they needed an elite point guard. And with Kawhi Leonard, and when they had, you know, LaMarcus Aldridge, and a year ago, Chris Paul, you know, could have opted out and left the L.A. Clippers, and he could have been on the free agent market, and $152 million would have gotten him to San Antonio. San Antonio became a championship team because they had those three guys, but they had an elite point guard in Tony Parker, along with the, the brilliance of Tim Duncan and the emergence of, of Emmanuel Ginobili. If you can find somehow some way to make another trade and get you another key player at that point guard position, then San Antonio can contend. Now, I don't know what the Portland Trailblazers are going to do, but I, at some point in time, they're going to have to, they're going to have to start over. Portland cannot win the way that they are constructed. And Lillard sounds like a guy who's half out the door. He's ready to move on from there. So that, the, that could be sooner rather than the later. San Antonio have enough expiring contracts at this stage, if Portland is looking to shake up things and start over to see if they could go after someone like either C.J. McCollum or, or Damian Lillard. You talk about the Spurs, Trent. What they've done over 20 years is almost unprecedented in the NBA. It's unbelievable. To have that kind of run, 
year after year, it just doesn't happen. So it might be the middle of the middle of the end, to borrow from the common man. The, the end of this glorious San Antonio run might be over. Um, but think about it. For 20 years, they've been the model franchise. It's Eventually, it has to end. But, as you say, if you can find a guy like Damian Lillard, and, and, the and playoff move, run is not over. They, move, no, no, of course not. But the championship contention run might be. Well, over. there's only so few teams that are in that mix to win a championship, and you have a window. You know, but but the Spurs are a consistent playoff team. And, you know, to have a chance to make that run, you, know, you have to be in the playoffs year in and year out. With adding DeRozan, that keeps them, you know, in the playoff situation where I believe they're going to win 50-plus games this year if everybody stays healthy. It's going to allow some of those other role players now to go back, you know, to to a situation where they can play their roles coming off the bench and be a plus for the San Antonio Spurs. But you're wondering now if they do they have enough uh, uh, enough expiring contracts on the table where they might be able to make a deal to see it to see if they can go out and add one more elite player. Yeah, and that's the kind of deals that get done now. Well, it's not Wolves, talent for talent. It's can I clear a bunch of contracts. By shipping this player off, so I can start over. And, and would the Wolves be in that situation as well? I mean, mm-hmm. I know that that most fans around here would, would would not like to to lose a player like a Jimmy Butler. But if you but if you think that he's not going to come back, and if you believe that he's the best player on your team, and if he's looking to move on to somewhere else a, a, after this season, you know you got to think about the future. What would you say to a lot of fans? I hear this so much. I'm sure you do too. You know, what's the point of watching the NBA? Three or four teams can win the championship, and that's it. And all the other teams are just playing. What, what would you say to fans who have that mindset about today's NBA? I would say still watch the NBA because when, when we got right down to it this past year, the Houston Rockets, they should have beaten the Golden State Warriors. Mm-hmm. But they were one of the three or four teams that went into the season well, as that, potential that, champ. That, that's, but, that's it, but that's pretty much in every league other than baseball. You know, your dominant teams year in and year out will always contend for championships. It's because when you look at the talent pool that is coming into these leagues, it's not the greatest. You don't have an influx of talent coming in every single year out of the college ranks that's going to take some of these bad teams and all of a sudden now make them contenders. Well, but it's going to take time. But we talked about this before. Other than baseball. But, but football, you, you see a different team in the NFC every year. Um, well, yes, the Patriots are the anomaly, but... You know, it's the Eagles one year, it's the Saints one year, it's the Seahawks, it's but the Packers, but, but, the Falcons. But when the Saints won, they had elite talent. But, but they don't win it year in and year right, out. Because Every they, year it changes Because, the because they lose that talent. Not but, really. But, but, look at the team, but look at the teams that stay consistent every single year. Every time we go into an NFL season, there are a few teams that we always talk about. Yeah, but we were wrong last year. Nobody picked Philly last year. <laughs> I mean, but that happens. It happens, it happens a lot, though. It, it happens. It actually happens it a happens. lot. But how, are the last eight Super Bowls... Who who has been in contention to win? Well, a lot Tom of Tom Brady. Well, yes, I, <laughs> the Patriots are the anomaly in that on, in that conference. But the hey, NFC, hey. in the NFC, it's a different team every year. Well, know? I mean, you know, your team was was knocked out. We by, went to two of the last by, three by my Giants for a few years on the run when they were favored to win. You know, and Rodgers last twice. year. You know, I mean, but you know, the NBA is totally different. It's because you don't have a lot of great talent coming out of college every single year to right. uplift these bad basketball That's teams. true. And I would say, Trent, if you love basketball, it's not just about who's going to hoist the trophy. It's about, you know, if you're a fan of the Wolves, last year, until Butler got hurt, 
you watched a really fun team, competitive virtually every night they were on the floor, playing very entertaining basketball. And if you're a fan, that's what you want. Yeah, of course, you'd love to win a championship. That would be great. But I just... I. To not care about the sport because only three or four teams have a legitimate chance to win it, then you're not really a basketball fan that loves the sport of basketball and the talent. I mean, I'm fine watching when Phoenix comes to Target Center this year. All right, a lot of fans are going to go yuck Phoenix, and I'm going to go DeAndre Ayton and Devin Booker playing together. Well, you a basketball Trevor Ariza. Well, you a basketball fan. All right. Well, I, I just think if you say you're a basketball fan, it should be more about watching great talent competing night in, night out, and just enjoying the game and not being all consumed about who's going to be playing in the month of June. Just, you know, enjoy the game. And maybe your team catches lightning in a bottle and does better than you expect. And maybe next year, you know, an injury here, an injury there, and suddenly a team that you wouldn't expect that, you know, was a plant like a, you know, a New Orleans rises up. And, and now you've got a fun story. Just uh, to, to quote Mike Tice, enjoy the season. There's a lot of great basketball and it's a really fun game to watch, even if you're not going to hoist a trophy at the end. That's true. So just enjoy it. Let's grab uh, one more call here today. Ryan Plymouth, you're in the zone. Good morning. Hey, good morning, guys. Thanks for taking my phone call. You bet. Hey, as a diehard Vikings fan, I have a hard time siding with Dave here. But I, Trent, i got to call you on this NFL versus NBA deal. You could have 10 teams this year in the NFL that you could argue could have a legitimate chance with the Pack, the Vikings, the Eagles, the Rams, the Saints, the Patriots, the Steelers, that's several teams right there. The Jags could all make a strong case yep. for winning the Super Bowl. In the NBA, you've got two, Houston and Golden State, stretching it to add maybe Boston. I, I think it's not even close, and that's why I don't watch the NBA regular season. I just It feels like it's a waste of time if at the end of the day you compete for championships. The NFL can make 10, 11 teams that you could argue could win the ring this year and not be shocked. The NBA, maybe three. It's not even close. Yeah, and I, Ryan, thanks for the call. I agree with you on that. But, but where but I disagree that, but, is... But, 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 but let's, let's look at the teams he named. Okay. Are they good football teams? Yes. Okay. Have they built their teams to the draft? Yes. Most of those guys have come from... They pick up veterans here and there. Right. Yeah, you know, they yes, gotta, player acquisition is a lot easier in the NFL. There we go. You're going to have there, 10 rookies. There you go. I get that. All those teams are good football teams. But but his point is, you said there's only two or three teams that can win the Super Bowl, and that's completely well, false. That's, well, I mean, I'm not saying, I'm not, but well, I'm Nobody not saying there's only two that. or three teams that win the Super Bowl, but every, but every time you go into an NFL season, there are two or three teams that you talk about that's going to have a legitimate chance to win the championship. I'm not, I'm not saying no, the teams can't not. come up. There's eight or ten teams that have a legitimate chance to win the Super Bowl. Who, when, when you just said that, when, when, when you go into this season right now. Would you be shocked if the Eagles, Rams, Saints, Falcons, Vikings, or Packers represented the if, NFC? If, 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 if I had to go into this football season like I go into every football season, who is, who is going to be the favorite guy to win the Super Bowl? Yep. Tom Brady. Okay, we talked about you go. the Patriots. They're going to say Aaron Rodgers. They're going to say Aaron Rodgers. They're going to say the Green Bay Packers, and they're going to say Tom Brady. No, well, no one's saying the Packers this year. They all will say Green they're Bay Packers. They're saying the Eagles. They're saying the Rams they and all, Vikings. I, 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 and then Green Bay. They, they're always going to say the Green Bay Packers has a, is, is a legitimate chance to yes, win the Super Bowl because of Aaron Rodgers. Right. But right. Eagles have a legitimate going chance. Vikings every, have a legitimate every, chance. Going to every season. Based on how the NFL has played over the last eight years, the one guy that has been the most consistent guy going to the Super Bowl has been the New England Patriots with Tom Brady. 
Yes, that's that's been an anomaly. Yeah, okay, what they've done. Okay, and he's forty one. And, and, and so in this year, going into this year, coming out of the AFC, who is the favorite to go to the Super Bowl? Well, the Patriots are. Oh, there you go. But the Jags and Steelers, nobody would be shocked if, if those teams Blake unseated Borders, now, Blake Borders, if Blake Borders doesn't have a consistent, a good year, where are the Jaguars going? Oh, that defense is as good as last year. They'll but still they're not the going to beat Tom Brady. Came close. You know that. They came close. Eventually, that's going to end. But the big picture is, Trent, there are six teams in the NFC that all have a shot. Okay, Golden State, Houston, Boston, Philadelphia. Four right there. That's about it. LeBron, and Philly's kind of a stretch. Hey, LeBron James, add one more piece. That's five. Next year. Okay. Yeah, next year. Right? You going to go home and watch a little golf today? I'm going to take my kids to the golfing range. Tiger's got five more holes to play. Not the, golf, the driving range. It's the driving range, right? Not That's the what they call it, the okay. driving range. Yeah. All right, do that. Right. Have a great week. Do the same, buddy. For Joe and Trent, I'm Dave. Thanks for listening. More British Open coverage with Tita Green following us. We're back next Saturday at 8. Until then, peace out. Change. One of these days.